0: Memorial Day. Um, It's so great to be here. We're so grateful, aren't we, to live in America and to have people who are willing to fight for our freedoms, people who have given their lives. And so we just want to give honor um, to everybody who has served and who has especially given their lives um, so that we could uh, enjoy freedom in America. Um, I think we take that so for granted because we don't understand what it's like to not have it. Um, But we just want to say thank you as a church this morning. We know many of you, you have loved ones who fought and who died, and, and so thank you Um, I was expecting this morning, because it's Memorial Day weekend, for there to be nobody here, so you guys have exceeded my expectations, thank you. Um, Steve thought he was giving me an easy weekend, but little did he know, you guys are more awesome, and you're here, you're faithful. So this morning, I'm rambling, I'm nervous, I'm nervous, this is my first time speaking here to you guys, and so I am, yeah, and I've I've had so much caffeine too, (laughs) too much caffeine, but... When do I not have too much caffeine? So, um, in true Pastor Steve style, because I love how he preaches. I love how he preaches. I got to start off with a question for you. So, have you ever had a time in your life where you were treated not as well as you thought you deserved to be treated? Maybe it was at a restaurant, and your server seemed to be at every table but yours. Maybe it was at a coffee shop and your barista messed up your order and they didn't even care. They didn't even say sorry. They didn't want to remake it. Nothing. They could care less. Maybe you feel like your boss or your coworkers treat you poorly every single day. Maybe you feel like they are unfair. They're mean. They're rude. They just don't get you. If you're like me, you can probably relate to all of those situations. And you might even have a list of many more times when those types of things have happened to you. And the question I want all of us to ask ourselves today as we dive into this um, kind of tough passage of Scripture is who's the boss? Who's the boss? The message of this passage, once we kind of understand it, is an easy one to preach. It's an easy one to talk about. I think it's one of the staples of the Christian faith. But it's an even harder one to actually put into practice. It's an even harder one to try to live out. So here we go. You ready? Okay, let's dive into verse 19 this morning. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were once like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Yikes. Yikes. I joked with Pastor Steve that he could have given me something a little bit easier um, for my first time speaking here. But after studying this passage, I think the message that Peter's trying to convey to us is actually pretty simple. Um, but first, I think we have to understand some of the cultural things as we walk through this passage, because when we first read it, we think that Peter is condoning the act of slavery, and that seems pretty not biblical. Um, but what we have to understand is that slavery during the first century was very different than slavery that existed here in America. In the first century, most of the slave population chose to be enslaved. It was more of an occupation for them than it was they were sold. Um, Many slaves were highly educated. Some of them were even more educated than their masters. Not only that, but slaves could own property. The majority of them could be emancipated by the age of 30. Doctors, teachers, writers, accountants, and sea captains all compromised some of the slave population. And I'm sure you're asking yourself, why does this matter? It matters because it makes the plight of the first century slave more relatable to us in the 21st century. The situations are still vastly different Employment in free market capitalism or socialism is much different than first century slavery. But even though there are some similar features, we can learn a lot by applying this text to the conditions that we live in today. We are not slaves, but we can all relate to being employed, and potentially we can all relate to having to endure bad bosses. It goes without saying that it's easy to work for a boss who's nice to you. It's easy to work for a boss who rewards you for your faithfulness, who compliments you, maybe even who gives you raises. That's always great. But it's really hard to have the same attitude toward a boss who is unfair, toward a boss um, who is irritable. Maybe even a boss who's just a little evil. I don't know. But Peter insists Christian slaves, or for us as Christians today, should be obedient to all of our masters, to all of our bosses. Regardless of their personal characteristics And I think that's easier said than done Just as we talked about last week Of coming under the authority Of people who we may not want to come under the authority of Um, Throughout my life I've been blessed with some pretty great bosses Obviously I have the best boss in the world right now Steve is awesome He's so gracious He um, makes you feel good to work for him And uh, it's easy to do things When he asks me to do things but I've not always had the type of boss like that. When I was working as a server, I had a manager one time who she just did not like me. Um, I don't know what I ever did to get on her bad side. I don't know if I was too cheerful, if I was too good of an employee, I don't know. Um, but she just didn't like me. And so one night, she pulled me into her office and she told me that she was sick of my attitude. She told me, that she was tired of me, she was tired of what I was doing, and she just yelled at me for a couple minutes and said a bunch of things I won't repeat. Um, And the funny thing was, was that that night for me at work was one of my best nights ever. I was in the greatest mood the whole night. I was joking around with all of the other servers. I got tipped really well at all of my tables. And so I looked at her, and I just said, I don't really know what you're talking about. And she continues to yell and scream at me, and, and I'm thinking, maybe she's confusing me with someone else, I don't know. And in that moment, Though everything she was saying to me was totally unfair, it was totally wrong, it was a lie, it wasn't true, I realized that I had a decision. I could either yell back at her and defend myself, um, or I could walk away. And somehow in that moment, it must have been the Holy Spirit, but I just looked at her with my fakest smile and I said, I'm so sorry you felt I was acting that way. And I walked out of the office. (laughs) And uh, I haven't always reacted that way, but that time I was pretty proud of how I reacted. Um, and the great thing was is that all of our other managers and bosses, when she told them everything that had happened, um, none of them believed her. In fact, she ended up getting fired a couple weeks later because she just was she was crazy. Um, <laughs> But because I had good bosses above her, they knew me. They understood who I was. They would seen me work hard, and they couldn't understand how the things she was saying were true. So they defended me, and and it all worked out. And it's great when things go that way. But it doesn't always go that way, does it? Sometimes we don't have other bosses or other people who defend us, and we have to endure the mistreatment of those above us. Peter insists that we endure mistreatment, Because of Jesus. Because of the example that he set for us. For the first century slave, there were a couple reasons why it was important that they endure mistreatment and that they follow in Christ's footsteps. And one of those reasons um, was so that the Christian movement could survive. Slavery was the foundation of the Roman economy. So if Christians became known for opposing the institutions, if Christian slaves became known as being people who caused riots or caused trouble, Peter knew that it had the potential... For Roman authorities to immediately and perhaps irreparably damage the Christian movement as a whole. So it was important for the people who made up the foundation of the economy to be Christ-like. It was important for them to endure just as Christ endured mistreatment all the way up to the cross. And I think the same goes for us today in the 21st century. Everywhere that we go, we either have an opportunity to bring Jesus to people or to take Jesus away from people. You remember all those situations I mentioned at the beginning? Dealing with bad service, bad coffee orders, bad bosses? Those are your moments to show Jesus. And too often, we do the opposite. We yell at our servers, we ask for the manager, and then we ask for them to give us our meal for free. Not only that, then we'll leave them no tip. We throw our coffee back at our barista. I've had that happen to me. Why? Because for many of us, we are the boss. It's not God. It's not our actual boss. It's not our pastor. It's not our president. We think it's us. Nobody is going to tell us what to do. This is kind of the attitude of of the American, right? No one is going to tell us what to do. No one is going to mistreat us. And nobody better get my coffee order wrong. Because if that happens, we will make them regret it. We will show them who's boss. (laughs) And believe me, I get it. I hate getting bad service, especially when you're paying for it. Um, It's something that's really simple. It should be simple. Um, And I spent six years working in the service industry, so I know what it takes to provide good service. It's something that is a part of my heart. It's something that I spent a lot of time learning and working on. So if anyone has a right to be upset, it's me. It's me. I'm so critical of servers when we go out. God has been working on my heart, especially these past few weeks, as I've been preparing this message. God has provided me with more than enough opportunities to see if I can live this out. So here's two that have happened to me recently. A few weeks ago, I was in Home Depot. I love Home Depot. I love Home Depot. And I went in there to get a grill, and it should have been really simple. I already had it picked out. I knew where it was. I just needed someone to help me load it into my car end up waiting an hour for someone to help me load my grill and this wonderful employee I'll call him Sam Sam uh, that's not his real name he kept walking by me and asking me, do you need help?" And I said, yes I need help I need to load this into my car He'd go okay and he'd walk away five or six times he does this to me And so each time he walks past me I'm getting more and more angry. And this sweet little girl who worked at Home Depot, she kept coming up to me and going, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm trying to find someone to help you. And she just went over the top to, be, um, to provide good service in a moment um, that was really tough to provide good service. And I knew that as I was waiting, I had an opportunity to show Jesus to her. I had an opportunity. Um, I could either be known as the redhead who was upset that she couldn't get her grill every time now that I go into Home Depot. <laughs> or I could be known as the girl who waited so patiently and was so kind and so loving, even though I was clearly had every right to be annoyed. And it's funny because I do go into Home Depot a lot, sometimes once a week, and I see this girl every single time now. I've never seen her before, but I see her every single time now that I walk in. And every time she talks to me, and we have a little pleasant exchange. It's not awkward. And it could have been if I would have reacted differently. And I think God's just been growing me to understand that Jesus is my boss. And everywhere that I go, even when I'm annoyed, even when I'm not getting the service that I'm paying for, I want to represent my boss well. Even this week, I went to lunch with some friends at a new restaurant in North Topeka and it was awesome, we were so excited about it and the waitress told us our food would be probably about 20 minutes, they were running a little behind well we waited close to 45 and not only that they accidentally boxed my sandwich up with a to-go order so I had to wait an extra 10 minutes after everyone else at my table got their food and though I was super hungry, and I get really cranky when I'm hungry I smiled at our waitress and I said it's okay, it's not your fault I get it. I used to be a server. Sometimes things happen in the kitchen. You can't control it. It's all right. Not only did I do that, but then I tipped her really well. I tipped her really well. Even though my experience was not great, I tipped her well. And I gave this rant during 815, and it went well, so I'll give it to you, too. This is called my tipping rant. I think there's something that, as a church, sometimes we don't understand. You can tell your servers about Jesus all that you want. You can write, God bless you, on their little ticket. But if you don't tip them, they're not going to care. They're not going to care. Two dollars is not a tip. And I think we have to understand that if you want to show people Jesus in your everyday life, maybe tip them. Maybe that would be good. Don't leave them a track. They don't care about that. Show them that you actually believe in Jesus You don't want to tip based on the service that you receive. You should tip based on the biblical principle that you should do to others what you would want done to you. I will never forget when I worked at Olive Garden, people who showed me Jesus. They didn't know I was a Christian. They knew nothing about me. But they talked about Jesus every time I came to the table. And not only did they do that, one time I had one of those Christian tables. They left me a $100 tip. A $100 tip, and I can guarantee you it was not because I'm the greatest server ever. I was pretty good. But they wrote, God bless you. We just, I was in college. They said, we want to encourage you on your journey. We hope that this helps. Can I tell you that that not only spoke volumes to me, but it spoke volumes to all the other people who I worked with when they saw that Christians didn't just leave a nice little track on the table. They actually tried to do something for me in my life. And I think for all of us, you know, we have to stop being so stingy And start learning how to give our best to other people. And I hope you hear that in love. Learn how to give your best to other people. And you don't do it so that you can look good. You do it because it will make your boss look good. It makes Jesus look good. And that's the whole point of this passage. You will not always be treated well. You won't. But you will always have an opportunity to treat other people well. Verse 25, if we can take a look at that again, it says, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. For all of us, we were once without Jesus. We were once lost. But since we know him, our lives should reflect that. Our lives should reflect in every situation that he is the boss. It's not about us. It's always about him. I've had a hard time in my life grasping that concept. My dad would always give me this speech when I was little, and now I give it to the students. This is you. This is the universe. The universe does not revolve around you. I can't tell you how many hundreds of times he would say that to me. (laughs) Hundreds of times. But I say that to myself now, and I say that to our students, because I think it's an important concept to understand. It is not about you. It's about Jesus. It is not about your boss, it's not about your coworkers. it's not about the service or how anybody treats you. It's about Jesus. In this series, it's called Through the Noise, and I think it's especially fitting for this week. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we the noise? Are we the person at work or in the restaurant who is always making a commotion because we aren't being treated well? Or are we the person... Who is showing Jesus to those around them Despite the noise of our culture Despite the me centered culture Are we the people who are willing to say It's okay I get it Or it's okay I forgive you Too many Christians We fall into that same trap That many Americans and many people in general fall into But throughout every page of scripture Over and over again God communicates this message to us I love you But it's not about you I love you, but it's not about you. It's about me. It's about my will. It's about my work being done through you. And if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, you aren't the boss, and you have to start living like it. Our problem is that uh, in America, we don't understand the concept of suffering, Um, especially when we compare ourselves to what other Christians or other people in the world endure on a daily basis. We have no clue what it means to suffer. Uh, Most of us don't. Um, And we can't even come close to understanding what suffering would have meant for the first century Christian. What it would have meant to live underneath the Roman Empire. But it's biblical to encounter suffering. Peter even claims that it's commendable. Think about everything that Jesus endured. He endured unbelief from his own people. He endured a trial by religious leaders who had already made up their minds that they were going to sentence him to death. He endured the lies of false witnesses. He endured beating and mockery merciless flogging. He endured an excruciatingly painful death. Not only that, but he endured the insults of bystanders as he suffered. And then he endured separation from God. If the worst thing that we have to endure is a boss who hates us, or a barista who gives us skim instead of soy, we really aren't suffering as bad as we could be. We need to start being more thankful Start following in Jesus' footsteps, just as Peter mentions in this passage. We're to follow in Christ's example. We have to learn how to shut our mouths a little more and keep our hearts more open to the work of the Holy Spirit through us in the midst of situations where we're being mistreated. Things won't always go your way. Even here at church, things will not always be the way that you think that they should be. But whether you're at church or Home Depot... How you react to situations reflects who your boss is. It reflects what matters to you. The danger is, is that if we don't start reflecting our boss, if we don't start caring about the things that God cares about, we'll live a really miserable life. But not only that, we end up showing other people a false Christianity. Too many people view Christians as people who are not loving, as people who are always upset, as people who always have an agenda, as people who hate everybody else. And that's not what the message of the church is supposed to be. You may not think that how you treat an employee at McDonald's matters, but it does. Even if you are rude to one person somewhere, when you have the right to be, it matters. Because that's one more person who may die without knowing who Jesus is without seeing the love of Jesus reflected in a simple exchange. It's time that as a church we learn who our real boss is and we start serving him well. You know, I used to think that serving Jesus well meant volunteering at church, it it meant making sure that I read my Bible and that I prayed, but it's so much more than that. I think you know that. Serving Jesus well happens in your everyday lives. It's how you do everything in your life. How you treat your boss. It's how you tip your server. It's not losing your cool on Home Depot when no one will help you load a grill. It's the simple, everyday things that Jesus wants to use for you to show Him to other people. And today, as we get ready to close, I'd love for you to ask yourself two questions. Number one, who's the boss? For many of us, the quick answer is, oh, well, Jesus is. But I think we all need to take a real minute and examine our hearts and go, Jesus, by how I live out my life, am I showing other people that you're in control? Are you in control or am I am? And believe me, I get control issues. I had them. And in my life, I constantly have to ask myself, who am I letting be in control here? Is it me? Is it my emotions? Is it what I want? Is it my agenda? Or is it God? Is it God's agenda, God's will, God's heart? Number two, who can I serve this week? And I don't want you to pick somebody who's easy to serve. We all have people in our life who it's easy to serve. I want you to pick somebody who is difficult to show Jesus to. Somebody difficult. Someone who really gets under your skin and knows how to aggravate you. Maybe for you, if you go to a, a coffee shop every day, maybe there's one barista who just, they're always slow or they're not paying attention or whatever. Show Jesus to them. I promise you that it will not only change them, but it will also change you as well. Because it does something to your heart when you do things that are difficult. It does something to your heart when you love people who are difficult, when you react in a good way in a very annoying moment. Jesus didn't die so that we could have an easy life. He died so we could have an eternal one. And in all my studying, as I was preparing for this message, I came across... Um, a word study that was really interesting. Um, The word that Peter uses for slave, the Greek word, is okaitis. And there's a 50% chance I'm saying that wrong. And Translated, it means a household slave or servant. But not only that, this type of household slave or servant, um, their position was temporary. It was a semi-permanent position. Um, And I think this same word could be used to describe us. Because our time here on earth, it's temporary. It's not forever, it's short. And we have an opportunity as servants of Jesus to make the most of that time. To understand that there is a great eternal life that waits for us someday. But until that day comes, that we would spend every moment of our lives serving Jesus. Serving our real boss, our real master. maybe even for you, you need to apologize to your boss because you've had a bad attitude. Maybe you as a boss are realizing you might need to apologize to your employees. And believe me, as a manager, I had to do that before. And um, I would rather have drank poison than apologize to some of the people I've apologized to. Because it's difficult to humble yourself and to say, you know what, I was so wrong. You made me so mad in that moment, but listen, I shouldn't have reacted that way. I shouldn't have said those things, I shouldn't have done those things please forgive me that speaks volumes to people no matter where you're at whether you're employed or not employed even for you maybe with your family to say listen I'm sorry I'm sorry it's our job as servants of Jesus to reflect him it's our job to do the best job we can for our boss our boss. So this morning, the prayer teams will be up front if you'd like prayer. We're going to sing one more song. But I'd love to challenge you to answer these two questions and to answer them honestly. If I'm answering honestly, there's a lot of moments. I made myself sound good today by saying that I reacted well, but there's hundreds more moments I could tell you about where I didn't. There's hundreds more moments where people probably thought somebody else was my boss and not Jesus let's learn how to let him be in control let's learn how to serve others through the noise of our culture that we would be um, such a bright light for our master that everything we do would point back to him that every encounter we have with somebody else would matter to us Lord we want to just commit this time to you we ask you to continue to speak to us that you would help us to answer these questions honestly Lord, that this week you would provide us with difficult moments where we could show your love to people who need it. Where we could show the power of the cross to a dying world. Help us, Lord, to be better servants. Help us, Lord, to serve you better.